On this week's episode of Orange Juice Optional, we're going to change things up a little bit. We're going to push book club back a week so we can talk to Suzanne, maybe talk her off the ledge because after our last conversation, I kind of accidentally freaked her out about her upcoming trip. Stay tuned. Why, hello everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Orange Juice Optional. I'm Michelle, and here today is my good friend Suzanne. Hi, Suzanne. Hey, Michelle. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, trying to stay out of trouble, trying not to strangle my husband. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) That is completely made up. He has been on his best behavior, and we haven't been invited to any dinner parties, so I haven't had to worry about conflicts. (laughs) Well, that's always good. Yeah, but do you know what I did have to worry about? And again, just I want to touch on this real quick. Okay. Going down the rabbit hole, like taking a situation, blowing it up so big, and then obsessing about it. Are you referring to the dinner or the coyote encounter? No, I'm referring to something (laughs) totally different. I do know we talked about anxiety and everything, but Mm -hmm. the other day... Uh, we're getting ready to build our house. So we had to get some paperwork submitted. And one of the places this bank told us to go was to a website that required our social security number. And I debated about like, do I do Mm. it? Do I not do it? But I'm like, the bank told me to. And I talked to Rob. So I did. And I put my social security number out there. And then I freaked out about it to the point Mm. I couldn't think of anything else because I'm so afraid of somebody stealing my ID. Technology is way advanced. There are super smart people out there. And how do we ever know we're safe? Well, I think you have some reasonable concerns there, but I think we have to just live our life and hope it doesn't happen. As long as we're aware of it, we're conscious of it, hopefully, can't prevent it from happening, but maybe it helps a little bit. Yeah, it's like going down that rabbit hole. Why did I steal a whole day of my life worrying about something that I have no control of once I made the decision to do it? But then I was, of course, kicking myself in the ass for having made that decision. Mm -hmm. And finally, the only thing that calmed me down is it was on the paperwork from the bank that we should do that. And I wouldn't think they would put it on there if it was risky. So that's my story. But it took you all day to get there. It took me all day to get there where like my stomach was upset and I was mentally just going over it and what could happen. And of course, everything that could happen, I went to the deepest, darkest places of it. And it's just that worst case scenario thing that I hate. And I build it up in my mind. I might need medication. (laughs) Maybe you do. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Or just let Rob handle all of that and just... Yeah. You know, be his support system, wipe his brow or pour him a soda or something. (laughs) Might be best. Well, whatever works the best. Well, I think this story is a wonderful segue into what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, I think so. Well, let's move on and get to it. Okay. Okay, so I have to share this story and throw you under the bus a little bit, but it's not throwing you under the bus. Okay. But it kind of might feel like that because you sent me a message yesterday <laughs> and you said to me, 
I have to do a follow-up on the last episode. You haven't even gone on your trip yet, but you're like, I have to follow up with you on the last episode we recorded because it has caused me a lot of anxiety and worry. So I'm going to put on my therapist hat and be here to calm you down (laughs) this time, hopefully. Okay. Okay. And know that when this episode airs, this whole trip will be behind me. And actually, that is my comfort when I go down that deep, dark hole that we rabbit hole that we talk about, because I realize this is temporary and it's an adventure, good or bad. It's an adventure. But in our one of our last episodes, we talked about etiquette and then etiquette in different cultures. And I didn't really take the conversation very seriously. I was like, eh, it'll be fine. But then fast forward a couple days and I decide I better start looking into what to expect when I travel to a country I've never been to, like, for example, Singapore. And then I decide to share what I've learned with my son and daughter-in-law, because we will all be traveling together. And as I'm typing all of this out for them in texts and emails, I really start going into a deep, dark hole and start having a panic attack about what the hell are we thinking? (laughs) And why are we doing this? And And I'm to blame for this rabbit hole a little bit because it wasn't even on your radar until that episode. Exactly. You know, just one of those things. And I think it's partly because when you and I travel together in our gang of six, we are so comfortable traveling together and we have a lot of practice doing what we do. And in the beginning, our dear friend Christy would hold our hand through it all. You know, she'd plan everything for us and she just made sure no stone was left unturned. So I basically could just walk into these trips blindly and not worry about a thing. And then as we continued to travel together and branched out a little bit where I sometimes plan things and you sometimes plan things and Christy still does a lot of the planning, I still feel that comfort of we're fine. We don't need to worry because we're together. Well, did you feel that comfort in Morocco when we were there? Well, no, but I was the one that was hell bent on going into Morocco because it's like, okay, we have one opportunity to go into Morocco. I'm not going to pass it up. Can we just (laughs) share the story? I don't mean to interrupt, but we may have shared it online, but I don't care. Like we may have shared it in a previous episode. What happened to us in Morocco? Well, I think we panic. I have a husband who's much more adventurous than I am. The man has no fear. And we were warned about the culture of Morocco and the personalities of the citizens of Morocco, that they're much more aggressive than we are used to. Doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It just means they're more aggressive. And so I think we were maybe a little bit on edge when we went in. And But Jeff was like, yeehaw, let's go for it. And I don't know, we didn't get very far. And some guy in an alley is waving us to come this way to get to the central market. Come this way. come. And of course, Jeff is like, yeah, let's go this way. Let's be adventurous. And so we go down this 
steep, dark alley, <laughs> narrow alley. And then we kind of hit a fork in the road. And then some other guys like saying, come this way. So now we have Moroccan behind us, Moroccan to the left of us, in front of us. And we just feel like we're going deeper and deeper into this maze. And we lose sight of where the ship is because we're in these this alley, narrow alleyway. And then, so we're going to turn and then we have a Moroccan to the right of us and a wall in front of us. So it's like, I think we felt this sense of just unsafeness. I don't think I we felt, felt sad. panicked. Every bell and whistle inside me was going off as an alert. And I tried to run off at one point, but nobody was following me. And yeah, finally, when you said, I'm calling this, everybody followed you. <laughs> so I right. don't know what it is about me panicking, but I really thought they're going to get us down here to a place and they're going to kill us. <laughs> right. Irrational, right? Like, right. But that's where my, my mind went in that right. moment. And we're with Jeff, who is kind of like my dogs when we go out and they're coyotes. He's oblivious to everything going on because he's just concentrating on what he wants to do. And Rob's kind of like that too. And yeah, not for me. And I did go down that rabbit hole and it's much worse when you're in the moment living it in that rabbit hole. Right. And I wasn't so much worried about being beheaded (laughs) as I was getting lost in this maze and having to get back to the ship and then not finding our way back to the ship and the ship leaving without us while we're stuck in this country that we are very uncomfortable in. And And stuck in the country without our passports, without a lot of money or credit card, because we were told to leave all of that back on the ship. Right. So that would have been very bad. Right. And Jeff really has no fear when it comes to that kind of thing, because he knew that that ship would not have even chosen that as a port of call if they felt like we were in any danger. And so he was very trusting and he has an incredible sense of direction. So I think left to his own resources could have gotten us back to the ship very easily. But in the moment, at the time, I was not maybe as extreme as we're going to die here. It's I was more like, we're going to get stuck here. And then what are we going to do? So, yeah, I called it. We went back to the ship and then Jeff was mad at me for the rest of the day. Yes, you were in trouble and everybody was making fun of me because I went so extreme. But I almost kissed the deck of the ship when we got back on board. I was so happy to get out of that area. I really was. I mean, we tried. We were there. We saw it. We experienced it. I think we could have gone much deeper into it safely, but I'm okay with not ever knowing that for sure. Exactly. But that is another example of not knowing a lot about the area you're going into. So, yes. And the panic yes. that can come with that. So please continue. Right. I'm sorry I had to go no. down there, but kind of your words led me there. No, that's okay. But that's exactly what I was thinking is I realized that I don't have the security of my gang of six around me on this trip that we're going. Now, my son and daughter-in-law are very well-traveled. And my son is very confident in how to plan things and 
where to go. Now we're adding two kids to the mix. We have a one-year-old and a three-year-old we're taking with us. But I did decide, yeah, I need to look into this and do my part to get organized. So I started with Singapore because that's where we're headed. And I'll just go down the list of things that didn't didn't occur to me until, until I started researching and how you might even sense that level of, okay, so I can see where someone would go into a panic. <laughs> so first of all, we're going to start with the benign things. It's a tropical rainforest. Apparently, Singapore is very cl- close to the equator. But October, when we're going, is the rainiest month. So we can expect sunshine possibly in the mornings and rain in the afternoons, including lightning and thunder. So be prepared for that. Bring an umbrella. Do I own an umbrella? I don't know. I own an umbrella. I can't get it to work. So I may have to go out and buy a new umbrella. Yeah, it's so funny for our last cruise. I didn't know what the temperatures were going to be. So I went and I bought an umbrella to pack. But I bought a full-sized umbrella and it wouldn't fit in my suitcase. So buy a portable one. Right. Well, and this is just one of those things because I was thinking, okay, what am I going to pack? Well, tropical rainforest, because the average daily temperature is 88 degrees. That's hot with a humidity at 70 to 90%. That is one hot, sticky rainforest we're going to. And I'm thinking as we're sitting here in Arizona, looking at fall coming, temperatures dropping, it's a beautiful time of year. And I'm thinking, I'm ready to pack my summer clothes away. Oh, wait a minute, I better not. I got to take them to Singapore with me. And how am I, you know, so that's fine. I just pull out my Hawaii bag that we all know I have packed and I start there and pull the Hawaii things out and that's okay. Okay, but then this is nice. It is, its zoo is considered one of the best in the world. Great, we have kids, we can go to the zoo. And it has covered pathways because we're gonna get rained on. <laughs> and it's like, okay, we're gonna get rained on, that's okay. It also has one of the best airports in the world. Okay, exciting. We can spend an afternoon just exploring the airport. That's exciting. But that being said, it's a 17 and a half hour flight to Singapore. With two small kids. With two small kids. And yeah, a, that's going to be a hard one. And a 15 hour time change. Now, this is where I feel that panic starting to boil up. <laughs> you know, it's starting to stir in my stomach. <laughs> I'm like, okay, 15 hour time change. That's going to be a challenge. 17 and a half hour flight, challenging, we can do this. We're just going to, we're just going to be flexible. But yeah, I'm starting to feel a little bit, okay, don't panic. Don't panic. You'll be fine. But then it goes on to say, buy your alcohol at the duty-free shop after going through immigration, but before getting your bags, because alcohol in Singapore is very expensive. For example, at Raffles Long Bar, they created the original Singapore Sling. The cocktail will cost $30, but will be well worth it. 
And is that just because that's where they created it? Or is that no, all alcohol it, across the board? All alcohol across the board, you will find them to be very, alcohol to be very expensive if you go to a bar or a restaurant. And so it says, just bring your own alcohol, but you can't bring it into the country. You have to buy it in a duty-free shop and it will save you money. So how many bottles of Chardonnay can you buy? Is there a limit? Well, that's a, well, I, that's a good question. And I haven't looked into that. I'm sure they'll tell me. And I figure I can always go down to the bar and get my glass of Chardonnay at the bar. Um, because $30 a glass might be worth it at that point. <laughs> well, right, right. And I'm going to come back to that topic when I get to my research on Tokyo. Because, okay. because we're going to Tokyo on our way home. It's like, oh my God. Littering and chewy gum are both illegal and will come with a fine. So if you get caught littering or you get caught chewing gum, both things my husband tends to do without even thinking about it. Like he will drop a, you know, a, a, a gum wrapper on the ground without thinking about it. He just absentmindedly. And then I usually come behind him and I'll pick it up because that kind of thing drives me crazy. But I have done him no favors by picking up his trail of garbage as we because now he's going to have to figure that out. He can't just drop it on the sidewalk or he's going to get it. If you litter in Singapore, it's a $1,000 fine plus community service. Yeah, I can't imagine him staying behind doing community service. Wouldn't that be a story? I know, right? <laughs> Would you stay behind him in that 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 scenario? Um, no, I'm not staying behind. I'm 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 out. I'm there for my time. And, it's like it's a sentence, a prison yeah. sentence. <laughs> now the good news is, yeah, the good news is in Singapore, English is one of the four official languages, and almost everyone in Singapore speaks English. So that really puts my mind at ease because that's usually the thing that gives me the most angst is the language barrier. And when you're in an Asian country, let's face it, talk about language barriers. It's like, yikes. So, you know, so that's all good. And you'll like this one. Flip-flops are the footwear of choice in Singapore. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I know. It's like, woohoo, this is good. This is good. Okay, but then this goes back to the cultural thing. So people in Singapore use a packet of tissues to reserve their chair at a table. What? So if you're in a like a food bar or a restaurant, a casual restaurant, and you like go up to get your McDonald's, if you have you lay <laughs> a packet of tissues on the table by your chair. And that tells everyone not to sit there. That place is reserved. Well, that's good to know. I thought you were going with like a nice restaurant where maybe you were all at community tables where they sat strangers together. I don't know why my mind went mm -hmm. there. But when you said you're reserving seats, that's what I thought of. Yeah. Okay. So here are the things you never do in Singapore. One is chewing gum. One is you never forget to flush the toilet. It's considered extremely rude. You never litter. That's the $1,000 fine. You never put your feet up on furniture, which, oh my God, I put my feet up on furniture everywhere I go. So that one will be tough. But you don't do it out in public. You don't go to a public place and put your feet up on like no. a coffee table. 
That's just no. one in your room. Probably. Okay. But yeah, but it's disturbing to me because I realize that I do, that's something I do. And it's like, you know, when you think of yourself, it's almost perfect in the etiquette <laughs> world. <laughs> you realize you're not so perfect in the etiquette world. You're maybe perfect in your own personal world, but not in the etiquette world. Well, let me just throw this out there. Maybe it'll put your mind at ease. Many cultures are contradictory when it comes to what is acceptable in one country might not be in another. And so you're not going to be perfect in that area just based on that alone. Right. Well, correct. But herein lies the panic that I'm going into because it's like, that's what I'm realizing. It's like, okay, there's no way I can be perfect in a country that I am unfamiliar with. And I'm going to do my best. I always do. But okay, but here's another one. Don't ever pat someone on the head. Because in Singapore, apparently your head is sacred. And so if you touch it, you're invading someone's space. So don't ever pat anyone on the head. Well, I wouldn't pat anyone on the head ever because it's condescending, I think. Yeah. Well, I know. I don't know. I, I don't pat people because I don't touch people in general. I'm not a toucher. Yeah, I think um, you're okay with that one. Yeah. Okay. It's like, don't take a taxi. Use public transit. Okay, that right there. Why? Like, I Because taxis are so expensive. Again, like the alcohol. It's like a $290 fare from the airport to the hotel in, in Singapore. So it's much easier to use their public transport. And everyone uses it. But that's what gives me incredible angst. It's giving me angst for you right now because right, because I can't even imagine getting with luggage music. with kids from the right, airport to right. the hotel. Oh my gosh! And yeah, the crowds. Oh my mm -hmm. gosh! Yep. Okay, so there's a five hundred dollar fine if you eat on public transit. <laughs> so you can they encourage you to use public transit, but you don't eat on public transit. Otherwise, you will be fined five hundred dollars. Weird. Okay. Uh huh. You don't smoke. You don't paint graffiti. You don't do drugs. That's a capital punishment. And you never finger point because that's considered very rude. And you don't jaywalk. Oh, man. Yeah, right. Rob would be okay with the jaywalking because he always waits at the right. crosswalk. But some of the other people, your husband, not so much. Yeah, <laughs> they not might so just much. cross the street. Yeah. So, oh yeah, I mean, I've been re I've been drilling this list into Jeff's head because yeah, there are so many things on here that he does without thinking. Jaywalking is one of them. He if he needs feels the need to cross the street, he will cross it wherever he is. And I don't even think he knows what jaywalking means because he will cross the street wherever he's at. So then after this whole thing about Singapore, I realized that when we leave Singapore to break up that 17 hour flight, my son thought it would be a good idea that we fly eight hours to Tokyo from Singapore, spend a couple nights in Tokyo, and then take another nine hours back to the United States when we leave he Tokyo really is all about the adventure. Oh, he is. And, you know, and I love that about him, about both him and my daughter. They love to travel and they are not intimidated by travel at all. And they find this exciting and 
an experience and I will be very happy that I've done it when I'm back. And we will have a follow-up podcast about this travel experience. So I say in my text to my son and daughter-in-law, okay, I think I need to do some research on Tokyo because I've kind of sidelined that because that's at the end of the trip. You're trying to pretend it's not happening. Right. So the first thing I find out about Tokyo, (laughs) which is when I actually went into my full-blown panic attack, is Tokyo ATMs do not accept international credit cards. How are you supposed to get money? You take it in. It's a it's a cash city. It's a cash country. You come in with your yen. And I guess you can go to 7-Elevens, which are very popular in Tokyo. And that's And where, very upscale. Right. I believe. And that's where you can find ATMs that do accept international credit cards. But then I guess the exchange rate is very high. So they recommend that you come in with your yen, which blew my mind, blew my mind. It's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Full-blown panic attack at this point. Yeah, no, that would um, freak me out too. Can you use your credit card in restaurants and things like that? Will they accept them there? It's a good question. And not in, in Japanese restaurants. And when I was telling all of this to my son, he's like, now, mom, let's not limit ourselves to where we can eat based on if they accept a credit card, because we will be in an American, in an American hotel. And I am sure that they will accommodate, accommodate our credit card in an American hotel. But if we go to a Japanese restaurant outside of our hotel, they may not accept a credit card. And you may have to have cash. Wow. <sighs> scary, scary. Jeff may have to pull back his uh-huh. appetizer ordering. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to have to be really careful about that. Okay. So, so then back to similar to Singapore, taxis are very expensive. So they want you to take the next train, which is, I think, a bullet train from the airport into town. Again, a one hour train ride. And I just, I can't, it blows my mind. It's like with kids and luggage, we're supposed to get on a stupid train and ride for an hour into our hotel. And then when we get into town, I'm sure it doesn't drop us off at the hotel. So what do we do? How do we know when to get off of this train? And when we get off of this train, how do we get from the train station to our hotel? It blows my mind. It's like, yeah, I can't even think about it. I feel panic coming on already. I'm sure you can order car service. It says no. It says no. The way to travel is by the next train. But not everybody, I'm sure, does that. I mean, most everybody does that. Is it taboo or is it against the law to get a private car or taxi? I don't know. I don't know. But I guess it's very complicated, according to my son, from his research or what he said, getting a private car service is difficult. Okay. Well, I would never go there based on that alone. I'm just saying. Right. And I've already committed to going. And without doing my research, you know, I should have said to my, I should have stood up to my son and said, no, I can't do this. I'm too old. I'm too set in my ways. I'm too taken care of (laughs) to have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, Pampered. Thank you. 
I can't do this and be comfortable. Well, I'm just going to say pack light and tell your husband to also, because he usually has like, they're not big bags, but right, he travels with quite a bit. He As does. do I. I'm not I throwing know. just him. We all travel with way too much. I know. I know. And yeah, I. it's just hear the panic building. Hear the panic building. I'm going to ask Cameron about that because he's gone to Tokyo quite a few I times. I'm going to ask him about that. I want you to ask him about every single one of these things that I'm talking about to find out if they're true because I need someone who's been to Tokyo to verify whether or not all of this is true or not. So I want you to actually send this list to him and say, my friend Suzanne is panicking. Put her mind at ease here. Okay. So transportation credit card, and I'm just going to write these things down as we yeah. go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is another one that, because you know my husband, quiet talking is expected. Silence is golden. Yeah. It's going to be a tough one. <laughs> yeah. No shout talking. <laughs> He doesn't even realize he's doing it, he especially has, when he's on the telephone. I know. He just has a loud voice that carries, as does my son. My son has a very loud voice that carries. He doesn't know he has it. It's just there. Again, it's like, oh, God, we are going to be so hated in this country. Uh, we're going to come in and they're going to say, we can't wait for that Hunert's plan to leave. They need to get out of our country. Because they are no good here. <laughs> oh okay. my gosh. Okay, so slurping noodles is appreciated, but please no burping. Now, I have a standing phrase when I talk about my husband slurping, because he's a slurper. He slurps and burps. <laughs> <laughs> and it drives... Oh, poor Jeff. <laughs> he is getting bashed and he doesn't even know it. <laughs> Oh, I know. Well, we had this talk and he goes, I don't slurp and burp. And I said, yes, you do. <laughs> Only when he's drinking something carbonated does he slurp and burp. But he does. He slurps and burps. So it's like he can slurp and they appreciate slurping, but burping, not so much. And the first time he burps after he slurps, <laughs> I'm <big>. unglued. <laughs> okay. Oh, the image of it. <laughs> I know. I should not be going to Tokyo. This is so out of my realm of comfort. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling uh, for you. I can't yeah. wait to hear all the stories. Yeah, I know. I'm sure we're going to have... See, and here's... I'm going back to this. Another note. Japan is a cash country. Many restaurants do not accept credit cards. Yeah. No, that's... Uh... Yeah. Okay, and then here's one that sent me into orbit and it, uh, where I did my spiral down that rabbit hole. I can't wait to hear this because I would have already been spiraling. So what, what uh, sent okay. you, Suzanne? Most cafes and restaurants do not open until 11 a.m. because breakfast is not easy to find. So what that did to me is if people don't eat breakfast. That means they don't drink coffee. That means I can't wake up and have my cup of coffee. And then I realized, yeah, I'm in Japan. They drink tea. Oh my God. What if they don't have coffee? And spiral, spiral. And then, <laughs> and then it goes on to say that you drink sake with your meals. And it occurs to me that 
Oh, and they talk about rice wine. And I'm like, what the hell is rice wine? That is not Chardonnay. I can guarantee it. And it's like, oh my God, you're telling me I'm going to Tokyo and I can't drink wine or drink coffee for the four days that we're in Tokyo. Those are off the table. It's like panic city. It's like, this is not a country I want to visit because yeah, I need my not- coffee. And, and I've said it my whole life. It's like, I drink coffee until four in the afternoon and then I switch to wine. That is me. That is who I am. And it's like, all of a sudden, I'm going to spend four days not doing that. It's like, oh my God, I am spiraling now. (laughs) Well, I'm spiraling with you. I don't even drink coffee, but I would not want to be around you if they took away your two vices, your coffee and your wine. Like that would not even be a pretty or nice picture. And I'm sorry, I love you, but you would be grumpy as hell. Oh, It'll be worse than grumpy. I'll probably be in tears. I, I will be in I will be in total panic mode the entire time. Now I did talk to my sister briefly, who was spent a brief stint in Tokyo, and she said, "Oh no, we had coffee every morning in our hotel room." And she said, "No, you won't see coffee on the street in Japan, but you will have room service where you can have coffee sent up to your room." And it's like I don't care how much that costs. I will have coffee sent to my room every single day because I can't even imagine not waking up with my coffee. And the bonus is, as you stated earlier, you are in an American hotel. So they are going to cater to American culture a little bit in that I hope so. environment. I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. Because that pretty much... oh. Until I got to this one, I was going to say that pretty much sums up the things that sent me into orbit until I got to public trash cans don't exist. So you have to carry a separate bag. What? Yeah, it says right here, public trash cans don't exist. And and I'm like, okay, what? (laughs) So you carry like a Ziploc bag or a bag. And you dispose of your trash when you get home. So there's nowhere to put it. And and in America, that's one of my biggest pet peeves is when you're at a business and there's no trash can outside. When I was PTSA president at my children's high school, my biggest pet peeve was there were no trash cans in the parking lot because teenagers come to school, they open their car door and if there's not a trash can there for them to put their garbage in, they're going to leave it in the parking lot, which is exactly what happened. It's like, I am a firm believer in trash cans everywhere. And, but they don't have public trash cans in Japan. And you're traveling with a baby who's going to have diapers, dirty diapers, and you have to walk around with those all day. And then when you get back to your room, Leave them yep. in your little trash can for them to yep. smell. Yep. Oh, my apparently gosh. so. See, that oh might gosh. be something you ask your son about because I'm just taking this from from the internet. That things to remember about. Okay, so remember how I said in Singapore, English is one of the four official languages, so you have no problem communicating. Japanese, although they're required to take English in school, Japanese do not speak English. Now, land barrier or cultural language barrier, oh my God. Oh, my yeah. biggest my biggest nightmare is not being able to communicate 
There I is don't an app. see you leaving an app for that. the house or the I hotel. That's I don't see you I leaving said. the hotel. I know. That's what I said to my son. I said, I think Audrey, the baby, and I will just stay in the hotel. You guys go out, explore. I'll just stay in the hotel room with Audrey. Then they don't have to worry about having the baby. I don't have to worry about no trash cans, not, you know, having a language barrier. Man, I'm feeling for you. I I know, right? It's terrifying. It's terrifying to me. Well, my hope for you is when you get back and you share your experience with all of us that you found a happy medium, a happy yeah. place where it wasn't as bad as you thought, maybe right. not what you would have wanted it to be, but just kind of somewhere in the middle. Right. And don't judge me if I come back and say I never left the hotel room. <laughs> I'm not going to judge you. Right. I'm not. But don't come back and say, oh, Michelle, you need to travel there because it's not (laughs) on my bucket list. Yeah. Well, it was never on my bucket list. And I'm I'm truly glad we're going, even though it was never on my bucket list. I'm truly glad we're going because like Morocco, I can say I've been there, but it's going to be interesting to see the follow, listen to the follow up podcast because I just don't know where this is all going for me. I don't know where it's going either, but I am kind of happy that I'm missing this adventure with you because <laughs> yeah, and that I'm is of, out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. And I kind of wish, you know, if you guys and JC and Christy were with us, I don't think I'd be worried one bit because we'd have each other. We'd be together. Exactly. Or if we had a ship to go back to right. where we could go in a little bit, experience it, and then go back to the ship where we know we can get all of our comforts that we're used to. Right. Right. Exactly. But, oh, and you didn't even mention the bugs in those areas. I oh imagine God, in I Singapore. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And I actually never even thought about that part of it and what okay, I Okay. Don't spiral there. Don't, yeah. don't go look I, that up. Just leave yeah. that to your imagination. Yeah. I'm just saying. Okay. Well, I am really happy that we had the conversation last week about, you know, are you prepared? I'm sorry it caused panic, but maybe now it's causing or allowing you to prepare for it mentally, maybe. Well, we'll see. We maybe will that's the silver lining. We'll see. We will see. <laughs> Okay, well, do you want to share anything else about either location right now before we move to closing? Nope, I think I've shared plenty. Okay, well, I'm wishing you luck. And next week, we're going to find out if you had any. Mm-hmm. Okay, I okay, can't well, wait. I can't, I can't wait. Only, wait be- only because I'll be on the other side of this trip that I'm going on. You know, I structure my life that way a lot also, where I have something coming up that I'm kind of looking forward to, but kind of nervous about how it's going to go and always being happy to be on the other side. So starting to count down like 24 hours from now, I'll be on the other side of this. I do that when I go to like doctor's appointments too, because I Mm -hmm. hate them so much. So, right. Well, let's go ahead and close this episode out. Okay, Suzanne. I, again, wish you the best of luck while traveling. It's going to almost seem like you didn't even go. So would you like to share the book that we will be reading in the month of November? Yes, I would. And this, I think, will be right up my alley because... 
Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, anything like a trust. It, no, it is a, it is Okay. A, it's called The First Ladies and it's a historical novel, but not really historical. I mean Is it a biography? No. But it is the extraordinary partnership between First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt and civil rights activist Mary McLeod Bethune, an unlikely friendship that changed the world. And it's written by Marie Benedict and Victoria Christopher Murray. Okay, I'm writing this down. Victoria Christopher. Christopher? Yep, Christopher Murray. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it will be a very interesting read. Okay. And it's all about diversity, getting a little bit of everything. Correct. Okay. Well, thank you for that book. So that leaves something to sip on. And I do have one that I feel might be appropriate for this episode. So if you're ready, I'm going to share it. Please do. Okay. Here's your something to sip on. As you start to walk on the way, the way appears. And that was said by Rumi. So start Hmm. walking the walk, Suzanne, and it'll show you the way. Okay. Even in Singapore and Tokyo. Okay. I'm on it. Okay. Till next week. Cheers, everyone. Cheers.